Even the ones that we let go, who never came back, they still wore our, our company t-shirts. Every leader faces challenges on a daily basis. And the way we navigate those challenges can make a deep and lasting impact for time and eternity. We're helping leaders discover practical tools based on biblical principles and helping you create like-minded communities who will walk with you as you lead your organization to health. Welcome to the Healthy Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the Healthy Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Hartzell. Very pleased to be with you today. And uh, we're doing part two of the 24-hour rule. Last time we we kind of talked through what the 24-hour rule looked like, what it was, how how it was implemented in Cohen Woodworking and how you could implement this 24-hour rule in your organization. It brought up some questions. Uh, we, we jotted down a few questions that kind of came out of that podcast. And so we felt like we needed to do a part two and, uh, and kind of dig a little bit deeper because I know that for, for me and for others that run organizations that maybe have people that they're responsible for, we know conflict is going to happen. I mean, that's a given. Whenever you're dealing with people, uh, we don't, you know, it, all of us maybe have our best intentions, but we're going to show up and we're going to all approach the same problem or the same challenge with different solutions. And so that's going to cause conflict. Um, and we're not always going to see eye to eye. So conflicts are going to come. Phil, how do we deal with that? Yeah. So I, this thing is just burning in me, the, uh, <clears throat> the far reaching effects of this whole thing. So I just want to set that tone mm-hmm. that it's possible that just what's, well, first of all, I believe if you just look at our world today, you can just see it. We got a divided government. We got nations that are divided against each other, broken families, divorces everywhere, parents and children who are wounded. And and I, I believe if you if you read history, read the Bible, most major wars, most major ongoing divisions started with a disagreement between two people. Mm. In fact, it may have started with just with an offense in one person. And then it turned into a disagreement between two people, and then it, it affected everything. So what we're talking about, and, and we're, as we're talking about bringing God into the workplace, <clears throat> since you're at, at work anyways, and, and I've said it many times before, uh, I'm not going to get tired of say, saying it, I believe that the American workplace could be one of the last mission fields hmm. for the gospel, <clears throat> because people are afraid to go to church many times. Uh, churches are places where you can get hurt, and you don't know who, which church you can trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're going to go to work every day anyways. So there's this element of surprise that what, what if you went to a workplace where people truly loved each other, where they were truly trying to bring out the best in each other, where instead of like humanity is now where everybody's at odds with each other, what Jesus taught us is is to unite together. Think about how much more we could get done if we unite rather than oppose one another. And so there's healthy conflict that that resolves things, and then there's unhealthy. So let me go back. I believe what Jesus taught us is is how to catch this right in the beginning before it turns into something big. And as I said last time, most leaders. <clears throat> they're going to come and ask for help after the thing has gotten way out of hand. And then sure. sometimes they're going to lose people. 
but this 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 is so if you could just get this if you could kind of look past our stumbling words and understand that this this could save a family it could save a business uh, by catching the 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 conflict in the earliest stages and so don't think about this just as a workplace. Mm-hmm. Think about this as relationships, because relationships are in workplaces. And um, by, as humans, we conflict because we're not Jesus. But when we can bring Jesus' instruction in, <clears throat> we can catch it early, we can resolve it early, and we may never know what could have happened had we not resolved it early. It's just like putting in a good safety program. It may cost you money to put in a good safety program, and and but you never will know all the accidents you presented by <laughs> doing that. Well, and too during COVID, I know that there's a lot of people that that started working from home more or primarily. There's a lot of people that even never went back to the office after COVID. They, you know, were able to stay at home, work from home, work remotely. And so when we talk about the workplace being the last uh, mission field. Uh, we're not just talking about going into an office every day. We're talking about like, Phil, you just said it. it we're not, we're talking about relationships. So mm-hmm. it, it can be easy to think, Oh, well that doesn't apply to me because I don't go to an office every day. But chances are, if you're working from home, you're going to have conflict with your wife, your husband, your children. Uh, maybe you got a child that wants to interrupt you while you're in the middle of a zoom call mm-hmm. and that's going to cause conflict too. So yeah, think about this in, in, on a broader scope. Uh, not just going to an office, but you know the right. the the workplace environment. Yeah, yeah. There's this whole thing that this theme, recurring theme that we keep bringing up in our podcast, which we call parallels, and that is look for what is working in your personal life that you could bring into your workplace, and look at what's working in your workplace that you could bring home. Hmm. So the, your workplace could be a test lab for resolving conflict. There's other things like continuous improvement, like frugality, uh, like integrity, uh, honoring one another. There's so many things that can happen in the workplace that as you learn it in the workplace, you can bring it home Hmm. and vice versa. So that's what we want to do is integrate our entire world. The word shalom means complete. Hmm. And so many people are incomplete where their life is divided into segments They've got their church life, they've got their work life, their family life, their recreational life. And if we could just find completeness and, and bring in what we learned from one area into the other area and just merge our entire lives together, just think how, how maximized their lives would be. And I know C.S. Lewis said, uh, I'm paraphrasing him, that there are some longings that are never meant to be met on earth. Hmm. Wow. So but still we strive for it. We don't know. The reason we long for it is, is because we know we have experienced it um, somewhere along the way. So we, we keep going toward that longing to have that peace and to work mm-hmm. together, to have a community. Uh, a workplace should be, it's, it's already there. So why not convert it to a city of God yeah. where, people, where people get along where people are transparent and they're all moving their energy and their passion and their love in the same direction. And in, in my, my belief, the direction is toward the customer and toward the families of the employees mm-hmm. because we're servants 
uh, we're servants of our customers. And then we also, God is all about families. So the more we create workplaces that are blessing customers and blessing the families of the employees, the more I believe we're going to be pleasing God, doing what pleases God. You've got a really good note in here too that says the goal is to capture the conflict as close to its inception as possible and turn what was a potential war into peace. Yes. That is such a good point because it's it's like um, my wife and I, we were just reading some scripture to our children the other day. And we were talking about, there's a scripture that talks about catching the little foxes and catching the little things when they're small, when they're, mm-hmm. they're not even, yesterday I went outside, I spent the entire day pressure washing my back patio. And uh, as I was cleaning it, I realized there were lots of little weeds in the cracks between in the concrete. And so I was going to just not worry about them because they're really small. But then I thought, I'm going to all the work of taking everything, taking all the patio furniture off to pressure wash this. I may as well do the job the right way and go around and clean out all the little weeds. And it took 10 minutes to do it. And I just went and they were easy to pull and I just plucked them all and then they were done. But had I left those, they would have turned into bigger weeds and eventually they could have, the the roots could have cracked the cement. So that's super, that's a super important thing to remember is it's a lot less work to deal with these things when they're small, when they become big conflicts or big issues, mm-hmm. it could be the potential war and, uh, yeah. dealing with it now, you could be turning that, that potential war into a peaceful situation. And that's what happened to me in 2007 <clears throat> when we had conflict, people were shouting and cursing each other and we had poor relationships, poor workmanship. And I woke up one morning and, and the Lord said, don't put my name on this workplace if you're going to allow this. Mm-hmm. So I spent several months actually meeting with employees and getting it cleaned out. And then once it was cleaned out, then it was my responsibility as a leader to keep it clean. Yeah. And culture relies, rests solely upon the leader, the heart mm-hmm. of the leader. I, uh, one of my children right now is in a workplace where the owner of the company is trying to gel- delegate culture to other people and but so you talk about dealing with it when it's small Mm -hmm. and uh the leaven in the bread is what causes the bread to rise Mm -hmm. the bacteria the virus that's where it starts the conception of a person Mm -hmm. that's where it starts the bible says that even sin starts as a conception where an idea comes to sin and you agree with it, that's conception. And then it says that if you don't deal with it there, in other words, this is kind of a holy abortion. When at the moment when the thought comes, the desire comes to do wrong and you agree with it, that's the inse- this, the, the conception. You need to abort that hmm. at that point, abort yep. that evil. Just Just put it, because once it grows, then... It, at some point it takes on a life of its own and the bigger it gets, the harder it is to deal with. And sometimes it just becomes bigger than you. Mm-hmm. It becomes stronger than anything you can deal with. So, uh, yeah, I'm just really burdened about this because it's so huge mm-hmm. and it was saving, it saves families. Uh, I, I, there's another company I'm working with that is implementing the 24-hour rule, actually two, I'm going to be going up north and teaching how to implement this. And so the hugeness of this, it's just, it's its right at the root of the heart of God. It's converting war into peace. Um, 
it, it's it's taking that negative energy that we use against each other and and converting it and turning it for each other so um, we're going to do our best to describe how to actually do this again we've described it in the other podcasts um, but I want to go deeper uh, yep. it's it's an acronym that we came up with it's called go one layer deeper which is an acronym for gold so Hopefully we can get some gold out of this yeah. by going one layer deeper. Okay, let's do it. So Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4, says that uh, who can stand in God's presence, only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. So the idol could be there that I want to win. I, I want to win, or it could be if I uh, have a victim mentality, I'm going to lose. Hmm. And so we need to kill both of those idols. Um, I'm not going in so that I can win, and I'm not going to go in as a victim that I'm going to lose. What we really want in the end is for the relationship to win on an uncompromised platform of, of values and morals. So we don't want to compromise win, but we want the relationship to win. And by using the 24-hour rule, I've never seen it not work. Uh, I, maybe there is going to be a situation. But if both people are willing, they both want to be reconciled, and they're both willing to tell the truth, I've never seen it not work. So, uh, and again, the earlier you catch it, the less mess you got to deal with. Let me, let me ask you a question in relation to that. So what, what do we do in a scenario, and this may be, take us way off base, but I think this is an important uh, fulcrum point here. What do we do in a scenario where one person does desire uh, for reconciliation or to, to do this the right way and another person doesn't? Okay, yeah, let's, we're going to move toward that. Okay, all right. So, and, and Jesus has it outlined right there in Matthew 18. Um, well, we can, we can go ahead and jump over that and go back to the practicality. So if one person isn't willing, that's the purpose of bringing uh, the next step is so the two people go privately. So let, let's back up a little bit here. We talked last time about coaching people to do this and announcing yep. this is how we're going to do it. So the purpose of the coaching of the two people is teach them how to do it so that they can do it on their own. So somebody would come to me. I had this happen more than once. Somebody would come to me. He'd say, I'm in a conflict with so-and-so. And I'd say, well, go talk to him. Go work it out privately and respectfully. Don't tell me what the conflict is. I don't need to know. And so he, he might say something. Well, do you have my back if I do this? And I'd say, of course I do. And then, so I would go back and follow up in 24 hours. I go to each person individually and say, did you guys get this resolved? And you, a lot of times you can tell just by the look on their face, there's just a, a rest in their face that this thing got resolved. So if someone is not willing, so, so first of all, that's the goal is to get, uh, get that healthy relationship reestablished. Mm-hmm. Not have a winner and a loser, but get the healthy relationship reestablished. Okay, so if somebody isn't willing... Then, then you, Jesus said to bring one or two more in. And, and I don't think you should bring your hit squad in. Hmm. I don't think you should bring in people who are on your side. I think as, as far as possible, get as close as you can to bringing in 
people that you both trust to do this. So I've seen this done where uh, I've got a conflict or somebody has a conflict, somebody, and they bring their hit squad. That won't work. Remember, the goal is to get that relationship back restored. So you invite somebody in that both people trust. Okay. And, and then that way, and as you bring them in, then you set the tone. You say, okay, because I might be one of them. And, and you might say, okay, Bill, uh, these people in this room love you. And, and they're for you. And so do you believe that? I mean, you, you, there's already been a trust established. Do you believe that they're for you and they love you? And, or the relationship, the two who can't get along. Do you believe that everybody in this room loves you and they're for you? And so hopefully that, that feeling, that love that's coming to them will melt them and, and get them to open up. Okay. Okay. So then eventually... And to me, this is not, again, I've seen it done where it's bam, bam, bam. It's like you bring your hit squad, you hit them, and then the next thing you know, you're firing them or kicking them out or, or stonewalling them. It's not done in a bam, bam, bam situation or, or steps. It's done more, sometimes it's done over a long period of time. So it could mean many meetings with the mediators. Until you're, until it comes to a point where you realize, wait a minute, this person's not willing. But it could take many meetings, and the Holy Spirit will let you know when uh, it's time that, hey, this person's not willing. We've tried every angle. They're not willing. And so at that point, that's when we have to let the person go. And as a former CEO manager, um, I was always scared to do that because I loved people. And I always wondered, one of my greatest fears is that I would misjudge or misunderstand somebody and, and let them go for the, for the wrong reason. But then the other fear was that I would keep somebody that would harm the, our, our company. So if you take this process and the people you bring in are godly or they're truth seekers, they love everybody involved, and they're just trying to get the recon the, the, the relationship back together, then you can trust the process that you're doing it God's way. But if not, you have to let them go. And, and that many times what I discovered, if you have a healthy enough culture, they're just going to choose to leave. They're going to decide they need to go. Hmm. But when, if you do have to let them go, you need, it needs to be done respectfully. Sure. It needs to be done with, hey, you're just not a fit here. It, it's just not working. Um, we can help you find a job somewhere else where you might fit if you're willing to leave honorably, and honorably is the key word. If, we're, if we do this honorably, uh, it's not going to come back on you. So we'll help you find a job. We know other employers who you, where you might fit. Uh, we will give you a severance package, so we'll give you some paid, uh, paid time so you can work on it. Uh, but it needs to be done very kindly and very respectfully. And it's always, it's almost as though the, the company takes on more of the pain than the person hmm. to some degree. Hmm. And, and, and when we did that, we had many people come back who we had to let go or, or who left hmm. because of the way they were treated. And, you know, it may not be their time. It may not be time when they're able or willing to listen. They came back and even, even the ones that we let go, 
who never came back, they still wore our, our company t-shirts hmm. around town. And uh, their family would tell us that it was the best days of their lives. Uh, we've been to a number of funerals where somebody died and the family would say this is the best thing that ever happened to them. Hmm. So wow. that's what you want. You want just to, you want the presence of Jesus to come in into their life to see Jesus even if they don't stay. So uh, we're not driving a point, we're building a bridge. Uh, there's no winner or loser. Uh, and so uh, another little side note that I want to add to this is that we, because you don't know tone of voice in digital communication, we never used, and this is an agreement that I and, and several other Christian CEOs made, we never used texting or emails for confrontation. Hmm. Wow. So you, we would, you would never get an email or a text that is accusatory or con confrontive anywhere. That was company-wide. We never sent, did it to a vendor. We never, uh, so somebody wouldn't come into the office and the, and the boss, the manager reads the riot act to a, an employee. <laughs> and we would never do that to customers. What we did do was we kept digital information for, uh, digital for information and affirmation if you wanna praise somebody uh, or just strictly for information, texting for information, uh, email for information. If we had to confront, we did it, always did it face-to-face. -face. And with Zoom coming in or FaceTime, you can do that. But I've actually, and you can call me a fool, but I have actually been in conf conflicted situations. And this, it was, wasn't like I was a rich man, but I just felt it was so important to keep all my relationships clean and reconciled that I would get on a plane and fly halfway across the country just to meet with somebody to, to get reconciled. Hmm. And it wasn't like I had extra money to do it, but I really believe it was the right thing. And I don't regret it. Wow. So become that person. Just understand that you are not Jesus. And the other people in your world are not Jesus. And, and, and get out of denial about the fact that there will be conflict. There will be misunderstandings. And if you don't capture it in its earliest stages, it will grow hmm. into something that uh, you, you may have no idea how big it got because you were the one that started it. So capture it as early as you can. And Jesus gives us the process to do it. Paul says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So you want to, within 24 hours of when you're aware of it, you want to confront it. And then Jesus said, go privately, respectfully. The objective isn't that you win or lose. The objective is that you hear each other. And then if, if there's not a hearing that's happening, then the next step is to get a few more loving, trusted people involved and try to get that hearing reestablished. You don't want a relationship that has to be constantly monitored by, monitored by the bosses. Right. You want to repair that relationship so that they can move on on their own. Somebody once told me the purpose of marriage counseling is to get the couple to talk to each other, not to be t dependent on a counselor. So it's all pointing to the same thing. Yeah, and, and I think the interesting thing there too is we spend a lot of money every month paying for insurance premiums. 
You know, we, we, we have insurance on our cars. We have insurance on our homes. We have renter's insurance. We have, you know, life insurance. We have all the, we pay for insurance all the time. So we understand that the concept of paying for something that hopefully we never need. Right. And the 24 hour rule is really an insurance policy. You're investing in taking care of the small things uh, as they're small and then so that they don't become big problems down the road that actually would cost you. Like you said, the, your, your, your policies, you, you may have safety policies. Uh, you may have to pay some money to bring someone in to help you guys establish a safety policy. You don't know that safety policy could save someone's life or it could save someone's arm. And that's a valuable uh, trade-off, right? So it's the same thing here in, in relationships. Let's go back really quick to uh, one of the earlier points. You, you have a point called stay with the facts. And I think that's really important because a lot of times it can be easy to conflate or inflate mm-hmm. one problem with another problem or, or bring merge two scenarios together to make right. the, the scenario seem bigger. So let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, so it's really important to, um, I get a picture of take the emotional war out of the room. Jesus wants to restore us, to turn our swords into plowshares. In other words, turn our weapons of wars, of war into uh, things for cultivating. Mm-hmm. So get the emotional war out of it. Create a, a space where you can go in where it's calm. You might start by praying. You might start by getting in the word. You might start by saying, well, let's just forgive each other right now and give each other a clean slate emotionally just create a safety in that room and just state what happened uh, from each person's point of view the the more uh, the less emotional attacking there is the sooner you're going to get down to what is the real splinter or the thorn that that is is irritating this relationship or the individual hmm. so you're trying to get down to that thorn or splinter let me try to give a couple illustrations. So somebody uh, who I love dearly came to me one time and told me I was a narcissist. <laughs> and this, this goes with the other rule of coming with curiosity and, and not just talking about the facts or the behaviors. Hmm. Okay, so you can delete all that. The, stay with the facts. The facts are the behaviors, not judging the other person, their motives. So somebody told me I was a a narcissist, somebody who I love dearly, and and it just devastated me. I went to my therapist. I said, am I a narcissist? He said, no. So then I said, I said, could you take the word, the, the word or the label off the table and just tell me what it is that I'm doing? So this person went back and spent some time. I really appreciate that person's labor that they're willing to do this for our relationship and for me. And just bullet pointed out some of the things that I was doing that was causing this this, uh, difficulty, not only in my relationship with them, but my relationship with others, I believe. So it really helped me. So it was more like um, when somebody else is telling their story, Sometimes I come back and I tell my story and, and I want to, uh, unknowingly, it's, it's sounding like my story is bigger than yours. And what it does is shut the other person down. Hmm. So by staying with the facts of what I was doing and staying with the behaviors, I could deal with that. 
And so this person sent me an email. Here was a list of things I was doing. Then checked in with me and said, did you get the email? I said, yes, thank you. And I've already started implementing some of the concerns, some of your observations. Uh, but if you if you judge somebody, put a label on them, you're, you're a, a narcissist, you're a this, you're a that, and sometimes we use profanity, uh, you can't deal with that, but I can deal with behaviors. In fact, it was Stephen Covey who said, you can't think your way out of something you behaved your way into. <laughs> and in, uh, in Codependence Anonymous, they talk about you can behave your way into better thinking. So sometimes it's just a matter of behaving my way into a better relationship. And that's not faking it. It's behaving my way in uh, because I've, there's some things that I'm doing that are bad behaviors that I didn't know I was doing. And I may have been doing it from right motives. So we can't accuse a person of their motives. Sure. Okay. Another situation was when we cleaned up the company and and I came to people who are causing trouble and I came to one man who was just very toxic and turning out poor work. And I said, uh, instead of accusing him and, and labeling him, I said, why are you doing this? He said, I got into an argument with my dad one night and that night he killed himself. Oh my gosh. And so he's operating out of this woundedness. And I said, all right, so we can help with that. So if you stay with the facts and you get curious you find out what really is going on. Another man, he, he was doing poor work as well. And, and I came, I asked him, I, and he said, well, my wife died and I still haven't gotten over it. Hmm. And so I had to set a high standard and I had to say, well, uh, this is affecting the customers and the other families and we can't have it in the workplace. But it, it really comes back to another common theme we've had is go for the heart, mm -hmm. is, is bring healing into the heart. And that's what we want to do here. There's no winners. There's no winners or losers. The winner is the relationship with a healed heart. Hmm. I actually had an experience recently of a man that I had uh, had been in a group with many years ago, and it was a wonderful group. It saved both of our lives. And over the years, there seemed to be an offense that came up between us. And so uh, we were just avoiding each other. And then we got together. And we just, just laid it out and talked about it. And we got down to what was the real thing that was happening. In that case, it was uh, back in those days in my insecurity, I was a very manipulated person, make it manipulated person. Hmm. And, and I didn't realize I was doing it. And I think a lot of times we are insecure and we want relationships so bad that we, can manip we will manipulate our way into them. Hmm. And when I told him that, it was like, it was like, oh man, yeah, I forgive you. Right. It is interesting that a lot of times we do things in relationships with an intention of of ha deepening a relationship, but unintentionally those things actually dam could damage based on perceptions, especially when a relationship is is uh, when you're talking about a workplace relationship. Other people don't necessarily think the same way. They don't think we're going. I'm going to work, and I I desire to have healthy relationships with my coworkers. They just think I'm going to work to get a paycheck, and uh, without thinking about this is where I spend most of my time. And so it's important to have a good relationship with the people that I most spend of my, my time with. 
not only my time, but most of my productive time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And obviously the ripple effect of how that affects you and your personal life when you go home or, or, you know, for those that work at home, when you turn off your computer and you go down for the evening, do you bring that conflict? Do you bring those things with you into your personal life? So you could see how this could have a profound ripple effect on your whole life. Yeah. That's the goal of the whole thing of healthy workplaces and healthy leaders is that so people go home and the things that are going on in the workplace are not eating at them when they go home. Or hopefully the things that are going on in the workplace are not the kinds of things that would eat at them at all. And if they do, there's a quick way to deal with it so that you don't carry your, uh, your, tr- your trauma, your conflict, whatever, into the next day. And that's been my lifelong search is, to, is, is how to use the Bible. What does the Bible say about how to deal with that? And so I'd be happy if there's anybody in an organization who wants me to teach them how to do this. I'd be more than happy to do that. Mm-hmm. And also would love to hear from any of the rest of you who are doing something else that works. Because mm. I, I know that what I'm doing is one thing that works. Sure. And I'm sure there are many things that work And because God is so much for reconciliation. Mm-hmm. It's really at the root of Pretty much, I don't know how big it is in God's mind, but it's so big that uh, He has. We want a, a relationship with each other that's on earth as it is in heaven, and, and and when you want that, there is no war, there is no rivalry, there is no conflict, there is no uh, betrayal, there is no um, taking someone else's wife. <laughs> right. There's just it's it's just. Uh, we're, we're rowing hard together. We're joyfully rowing hard together in the same direction. And again, that direction is to deliver the very best product and service to the customer, product, service, and experience to the customer, and to care for the families of the organization. That's very good. Well, go to healthy-leaders.org. And uh, if you can click on the link to contact Phil and send him an email, explain if you have an issue with uh, conflict in your organization or, or just personally, if you're struggling with, you know, dealing with conflict, maybe you just are an employee and you feel like you're kind of an island. You don't have anyone to to process through with. Uh, I know that that's a, that's, core to why we exist. That's the whole point of healthy leaders is to help you deal with those types of the conflicts and, and, um, and issues to have a healthy organization, bring that home with you. So go to healthy-leaders.org and reach out to us. Thanks again for joining us on this podcast. And hopefully this uh, part two of the 24 hour rule podcast is helpful for you, gives you some insight. Maybe there's something that was highlighted to you as you listened and you thought, well, maybe I could, I could try this or I could do this. Take action. Do something. Do something with that. And Because uh, if you don't do anything, nothing's going to change. But if you take action, you can be proactive and, and actually start to see some profound uh, impact moving forward. So thanks again for joining us on the podcast today. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Leaders Podcast. As we journey together toward healthy biblical leadership. If you're facing a particular challenge in your organization, please visit healthy-leaders.org. We would love to help you lead your organization to health.